It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Paul Sebastiani in the studio with you. Crystal clear on the SEN app and through your digital radio dials. Well, it was uh, donned as one of the better wait-for-age races uh, in recent history, and it didn't disappoint at Mooney Valley. Animo, the Cox Plate winner. It was a brilliant call, a brilliant race day. The fans were going bonkers at the amphitheatre. And joining us to review it all from an analytical perspective and horses to follow going forward is the man behind racetrackralphie.com.au. It's Racetrack Ralphie himself, Ralph Horowitz. A very good evening to you, Ralphie. How are you? Oh, I'm well, Paul, and I hope you're stuck with your footy team, the Blue Jackets, with Animo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, if, if, the, if the team that was a, a bit of a darker navy blue hue could go as well as it did, <laughs> I reckon we might be on a winner, but, geez, how, how well did he go? And, uh, well, let's just get stuck into the race. It was a cracker. Well, it really was, and um, you know, it, uh, there's there's two ways of looking at racing. There's how good the event was, and then did you get it right? So when when they both come in, come in together, Paul, it's a, it's a very lovely event to watch, isn't it? Def- definitely, and, and as we said, <laughs> la- as we said a couple of weeks ago, I think uh, nothing beats self interest. Still unbeaten. It's going to be yeah. it's got the same strike rate as Black Caviar, unbeaten. But uh, but no, he, look, he, he delivered, and don't be surprised if he's better again at Fleming than in two weeks. Uh, as silly as that sounds, I still think he's got a big peak run to come. So how, how the race broke down, they they did go overly quick. Uh, you know, everyone was expecting the obvious leaders, Zaki and Alligator Blood, to roll along, but they didn't roll along overly quick. And uh, James McDonald did. What's, what's changed with this horse? And I think it was since James got beaten on him in the off the top of my head, Randwick Guineas in uh, in March. They just got too far back, and he, he he used to drop well back, but they were in real high pressure three year old races. And they said, "No, stuff this. No, no, no speed, no talent. Let's put him near near the speed." So they did, and that of course takes a lot of luck out of the equation. So he was good enough to win. Although, in fairness, I've since looked at Twitter, and apparently he's been lucky to win seven Group Ones. <laughs> I have seen that. I was actually just going to ask you about that. What do you make of that? Because, I mean, I think you and I, and and when I do my form, and I think you're spot on, is that I think you said it there, no speed, no talent, is that if if you're putting yourself up there, I mean, doesn't that just say that you're you're actually a good horse and you avoid the the backwash of, of having to deal with making up ground? Well, I said self-interest is unbeaten. I'll tell you another thing I've never seen in racing, and that's a leader caught behind a tired horse. <laughs> so so the further you go forward, the better chance you've got. And also what's underrated in um, – and I used to do it myself, you know, it's only through you know, years of study and getting it wrong as well as hopefully occasionally getting it right, is that uh, is that it un- it's easy to underestimate. You see the field, get into a position, you think it's like a, like a chessboard. And, and it sort of is the way we look at it. But in actual fact, they're running really fast. Mm. So it takes more talent and effort and exertion to be up on the speed. And, you know, some of the great horses, you know, away from the Immortals, but even, you know, like Sunline and Northerly and Might and Power. And the reason their strike rates were so good was that they put themselves up on the speed. They, were, they ran fast early and they made horses behind them tired chasing them. So 
that's that's what I'm saying. That with Animo they change the uh, the positioning, and what then also happens is that way, if the leaders go slowly, um, you're there to strike. So that's sort of what happened on Saturday. They didn't go. I'm not saying they went slowly, but for Cox Plate, they didn't go overly fast. Yeah, exactly right. And I think it's up to us as as punters and analysts is to find find those horses who are going to get those economical runs, and as you said, take take luck out of the equation. I think it's why, and I think you mentioned it too a couple of weeks ago, why Tommy Smith was so successful. God bless him. And, you know, he said, uh, I think this horse might be better off with a seat. He said, yeah, right right at second. <laughs> I think I think that's the, that's the best way of looking at it in from that perspective. Look, I'm thunderstruck in behind. I mean, he's the, the flashing light runner and our, our, our Bodegon seemed to run quite well. And there were a few runs in behind as well, namely golden trip who who looked to be a little bit unlucky what what did those horses sort of running on from the back of the field do and are there any that we can follow outside of the winner that could potentially make us some money going forward well i i, I assume on thunderstruck's going back to the mile at flemington and mm. he's definitely got the ability to beat any horse in australia but it's it's gonna be it might even be the race of the spring the way it's looking that mile so you got on Thunderstruck, you got Private Eye, who was unbelievable first up at Fleming and then repented when second in the uh, in the um, Everest. And he's won at Epsom before, so, you know, if you only occasionally follow racing in Sydney, there's two big miles, the Don Garson Epsom, and he's won that in serious time as well. So he's a real player. And don't underestimate this horse who won earlier in the day called Moya Oberon. Wow, we was he good. So um, that could be the race of the carnival coming up, as good as the Cox Plate was. I'm thunderstruck, though. Yeah, I mean, he's an example of what I'm talking about, as good as he is. A, a bit like Superimposed from yesteryear, you know, probably going back to 30 years back, but he, he had this unbelievable record at a mile, but his winning strike rate wasn't that good, and that's because he used to get back. So in fast miles, he'd run over the top of them, like on Thunderstruck can, but in slow tempo races, he can be in the wrong spot. Yeah, I think that's I think summed up to perfection right there. The winner, the winner a star, and he might even go on to to Flemington uh, in the carnival time to to reproduce what he did uh, on the weekend. Now, speaking of this weekend, uh, Ralphie, the Derby's coming up. Barclay Square won the Vars uh, in a few races prior to the Cox Plate. Uh, who are we following out of this race into that? Is he definitely a Derby prospect? Market is saying he is, but can he get close to Mister Maestro based off what he did in the Vars? Uh, absolutely can, yeah. So I went into Saturday thinking it was Mr. Maestro's lose to, uh, race to lose the derby. Well, this was a proper race on Saturday. So what was interesting, um, I'm at the fields in front of me, sorry, but that, that third horse of Cummings, when, when the money came for it, I thought, well, money shouldn't come for a horse that's just had two starts and mm. going 400 to 2,000. And I always say the most important letter in the word market is why. Because exactly. ask yourself why a market's moving a certain way. And this is obviously a horse with serious ability. Can he go again at 2,500? 20, he, might, he might have to be a freak. So obviously you can't say he, he, can, he isn't a freak. It's only having his third start. But I prefer Barclay Square and Virtuous Circle, who was very good making ground. I mean, he, I think he's a real stayer amongst the three. But, the, but you know, the class is going to be Mr. Maestro as well. But, yeah, coming off Berkeley Square. So all of a sudden we've got a real race at uh, – at, uh, Saturday, which is great because the derby sort of because it ebbs and flows, and probably the start of this uh, season the crop were pretty plain, but all of a sudden now we've got three proper stayers that uh, that are going to really dominate. And I know Sydney's Graham uh, Graham Rogerson won that uh, smart and swift, was it called? Uh, sharp, sharp and smart, I think, or smart, sharp and sharp, and sharp yeah. yeah. 
yeah, it's um, it, on bog heavy ground. I'm, I'm probably going to oppose it, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's the great part of racing. Those emerging sort of runners, you can't really uh, knock until you really see what's under the bonnet. But um, but no, it's going to be a beauty. Yeah, I think it's a, a perfect way to sum up that race. Speaking of stays who are a little bit more established in what they've done, the Mooney Valley Gold Cup, well, Francesco Guardi, they, uh, I think they, they use your saying, Ralphie, they, they stopped backing him until he, uh, until the barriers opened. Uh, what a win this was to the eye. Uh, was there anything on the numbers suggesting he could, well, he's ballot exempt from the Melbourne Cup, and we can't doubt Chris Waller in these big races. Is there anything suggesting he could go all the way to that uh, that first Tuesday in November and potentially be a serious threat in the big one? Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I think they missed the nomination uh, two weeks ago. Oh, did they really? Oh, there we go. There you go. Yes. There you go. So, uh, so had he been nominated... <laughs> I'd be considering it. That's, <laughs> oh, wow. that's a, it was a very, very good win. And now, you know, uh, the opposite of backing him to the gap barriers open, uh, Luna Flair stopped drifting it with yeah. the barriers open. <laughs> so out the back it was. And um, it, it ran well. And it's going to run to its best on uh, Saturday, uh, sorry, on the Tuesday. But it was smashed. And um, it's a real good horse, Francesco Gardner. And what I'm hoping is because they missed the norm, it's going to be there on the Saturday. So that last day of just... just you know, gamble responsibly, as we say, and that's also going to be saving your pennies for that last <laughs> day because I think there's going to be some opportunities. And if Francisco Gardi's in that 2600 quid, Elizabeth, good luck finding something to beat it off that run. Yeah, I think it was uh, to the eye, it looked very good. Uh, and yeah, I think the, the market got that one definitely, uh, they got that one spot on. But as you said, Luna Flair going towards the uh, cup and can run up to her, her the way she's been going uh, at, as of recent. There was one horse I actually wanted to, to mention. It comes out of, look, the race might not be spectacular on paper or anything like that, but Climbing Star. Now, she finished second behind Zoe's Promise. Uh, is there anything we could follow from with regards to her numbers going forward? Because she was 1,200 up to 1,600, which is always a tough feat to achieve uh and she, I, I think just to the eye she, she seemed to quite she seemed to run quite well and potentially just gassed out late uh possibly but uh yes if um how, how do i put this nicely you, you can have your house on it but don't have my house on it okay <laughs> <laughs> that's how well that race rated yeah so, but of course i mean look the thing is look, and it's one of the great things in racing that if, you know, slow races can hide form, but fast mm. races can't. So, you know, in, in a real slow race when, you know, they, they can't really find their, their full motor, uh, sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a bit of hidden merit in a run. So, uh, you know, I'm not here to trash young uh, emerging horses. That's not because I, I actually don't, I, I'm not concerned about hurting a horse's feelings. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I've, I've heard enough odors over the years, but that doesn't worry me either. But, but no, I, I just, it's just a reality that with lightly race horses, you know, sometimes they're, they're both strengthening up and also uh, under a fast yes. situation, you don't know what they can actually do. But yeah, that, that's uh, that's something I wouldn't, wouldn't be rushing into there. But uh, but the last race with Bella Nepotino, she was just super. I was just about to, I was just a perfect segue into her. She's prime for the race. She's got the wet weather she needed, and she absolutely bolted in. What's uh, what's happened here? And and I think she looks like a well. She always she was always threatening to be a serious racehorse, and she's really rubber stamped herself now, hasn't she? So just, just quietly, Paul, just between you and me, and that, I had the quaddy going for two, with two horses, hitting Paul Ely, and I've looked to save because I thought, well, you know, we would have given responsibility. Of course, of course, yeah, exactly. I thought, who's going to beat these two horses? <laughs> I just kept looking at it. I go, 
you know, something could go wrong. Now, what happened was something did go wrong with Paul Langley. It just didn't turn up. Mm. Bella and Petrina absolutely ran to its best. And you know, I think, I don't know if we touched on it afterwards, uh, when I last spoke to you, but that Mooney Valley night meeting was just an impossible uh, track to make ground on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it it, uh, it did make ground. It only just got beat by Cooligan over a 1,000. So you just knew it was going to run a super race. The question was, how we're stuck up against Paul Ealing. Well, and this is one of the great unknowns of racing. And as we always say, we can just look at the numbers and make up our own mind, but still they're animals. And mm-hmm. I just wonder if that bad experience had, had an effect on Paul Ealing as the starting on the Friday night when they uh, had, to, had to cancel the race with the lightning and thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, a mate of mine who was at the track said it was the scariest thing he's ever seen. Now, I don't know if that's because it was that scary or if he's had a really sheltered life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> maybe both. Look, maybe both. But uh, but no, obviously. And, and so you know, uh, having uh, having uh, a long time ago now. But when I was a kid, having looked after horses and, and knowing how flighty they can be with uh, with some stallions. Um, you know, if, if you if it had a bad experience, that probably meshes up. So uh, yeah, it, it, I thought it was a two horse race. One of them didn't turn up. One of them did, and she was fantastic. Yeah, she was absolutely sensational. Uh, on to on to Randwick as well. You, you mentioned sharp and smart and epilytical. Uh, how what are they looking like from from Derby perspectives? I think sharp and smart is is definitely going there. I think you mentioned it before. Team Rogerson will be sending him here uh, to the Derby. I mean, can we really doubt these New Zealand trainers with the with their status? Well, the thing is, I mean, it looks like it's going to be the perfect setup weather-wise for Fleetwood because mm-hmm. it's such an amazing draining track. And uh, oh boy, unfortunately, that's been the news. And uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, and I'm, I'm not being—I'm actually on this point not being a smart aleck to all people who have uh, been in trouble with their homes. But um, it looks like we're going to get a bit of rain Tuesday, Wednesday, and then really just sh- uh, scattered showers. So that track drains so well. You know, Liam O'Keefe, the curator, is only going to have to mow the lawn. So he'll, uh, it'll, it won't present as a real heavy track that uh, mm-hmm. that horse had come from. So, mm-hmm. as I said, I'm keen to oppose him in the derby, but that third horse, she's extreme. Um, if it goes to the Oaks, I'd be very keen to be with it. Okay, yes, yeah, so she's extreme. Coming up uh, to the Oaks could be the one to to keep an, an asterisk on. Uh, moving forward to, to this week, so Mr. Maestro at Barclay Square, potentially the live chances uh, oh, in the... Yes, 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 yeah. Per, uh, Pericles was the one that uh, I think was very heavily back, the Godolphin horse too. Uh, yeah. uh, now, just with this this sprint race, the, the Coolmore coming up... Uh, uh, I think in secret the favourite at the moment. Uh, I know we obviously have to wait for for weather and, and final fields and everything. How is that, how is that filly shaping up from a from a Cornwall perspective coming into coming into this weekend? Well, I think you know one of the better leads was from the Cummings Yard because they they have a domination in the Everest <laughs> and they could have ran Paul Lely or in secret and they chose ingratiating now. Ingratiating's um, one behind those two on our work mm-hmm. and. That's because, um, again, for those that sort of follow racing that closely, there's there's no uh, notionally there's no um, you know uh, Group One status to the Everest, which is a bit silly because it's clearly the best sprint race in the country. So, what what uh, you know the, a breeding operation like Adolfo want to do is put black type, as they say, onto the horses' uh, CVs. Group Ones they're keen on. So the fact that they chose to avoid the uh, the uh, Everest with, with both those horses and, and just target the Manicata for Paul Lee, which, as we said, went pear-shaped, but was in secret for the Coolmore. That, I think that's a big lead, but uh, if Jack and O's running there as well, 
you know, again, we're going to have a super race. It looks like Giga Kick's going to avoid it for the uh, for the maturation with Nature Strip. So, uh, yeah, Fremantle's going to put on a real show this week. Can't wait. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for that, you can find all your all your work at racetrackralphie.com.au. We'll uh, we'll do it all again closer towards uh, closer towards Derby Derby Day, Ralphie. Uh, pleasure doing it with you and. Uh, Hopefully we can uh, we can find some more winners and hopefully you can you can see them like you did on the weekend, mate. Yeah, let's hope so. That sounds good. It's going to be a fantastic week for Melbourne and after two weeks of COVID and yeah, the spring carnival will not be able to mm-hmm. do it proper do it properly. Let's hope it does this week. Fantastic, beautiful racetrack, Ralphie joining us on the overnight crowd. Beautiful. Thanks very much, Friday, mate. Man. Much appreciated. I'll give you uh, I'll give you a tingle uh, closer to Friday. Yeah, no problem. Sensational. Friday. Cheers, mate. Have a good night. Bye bye. Bye. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.